Today in Science from Wired. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas, building a network to connect 40 million people to the internet, cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a family moved to Napa and created one of the largest private wineries in the world. Behind the scenes as NASA tests the most powerful rocket ever made by Chelsea Liu. In 2019, NASA will send a capsule called Orion on an elaborate 25-day trajectory First, the space launch system, the most powerful rocket ever built, will blast into the ether. Then the capsule will coast 245,131 miles away from Earth, loop-de-loop around the moon, and scream back into Earth's atmosphere at 24,500 miles an hour. In the early 2020s, NASA plans to do the same thing, but with a crew. That mission will send humans farther into space than ever before. It's one small step in a decade-spanning effort to send astronauts to explore asteroids, Mars, and beyond. Engineers model everything from the orientation of rocket parts during transit to the way engine vibrations affect other components of the launch system. They're building teeny models of the rocket and sticking them in wind tunnels, enlarging the agency's trusty barge Pegasus to ferry massive hunks of metal from NASA's Michaud facility in Louisiana to Stennis Space Center in Mississippi and finally to Kennedy Space Center in Florida, and testing the fuel tanks by using hydraulic cylinders that apply millions of pounds of crushing forces to mimic launch and flight. You know, measure twice, cut once, says Andy Shore, a manager of the rocket's payload integration at NASA. We take that to a whole new level. Here's what goes on before the rocket goes up. Fuel Tank Dome, Michaud Assembly Facility, Louisiana. NASA is assembling most of the core stage of the rocket using a technique called friction stir welding. Cylinders of metal rotate between aluminum slabs, heating them to a butter-like consistency. The metal sections then melt together without any cracks or contaminants. After sanding the joints by hand, Technicians scan them for defects using ultrasound and X-rays. Hydrogen Fuel Tank, Michaud Assembly Facility The 130-foot-tall hydrogen tank for the rocket is so unwieldy and delicate that moving it from a horizontal to a vertical position, or vice versa, requires three days, two GPS-enabled cranes, and a laser alignment system to position the hardware. 
They even have a man in a chair, sitting there ready to push the emergency stop button, just in case. Launch Vehicle Stage Adapter, Marshall Space Flight Center, Alabama. A pair of NASA technicians will spend three months handspring insulation onto this 28-foot-tall adapter, which connects the store stage to the capsule stage. They've practiced hundreds of hours on more than 50 test sprays so they can achieve a perfectly even layer every time. The polyurethane foam is whitish when it's sprayed, but turns iconic rocket orange when exposed to UV light at liftoff. Here's a quick look at the inside of Orion's launch system. At the very top, the Orion capsule, seat 6, and has the largest heat shield ever built. The next stage is the launch vehicle stage adapter, which will withstand more than 200 degrees Fahrenheit of aerodynamic heating during launch. The following stage is the liquid hydrogen tank. It keeps 537,000 gallons cooled to negative 423 degrees Fahrenheit. And finally, the RS-25 engines. They combined with two boosters to produce 8 million pounds of thrust, more than any rocket in history. Dome Weld Tool, Michaud Assembly Facility, Louisiana. To ensure a perfectly welded fuel tank dome, a crew of six takes a day or two just to clamp all the hardware in place on this circumferential dome weld tool. There are blue bars aligned to the two sections of the dome, and after the weld is complete, the crew uses an elaborate ceiling-mounted pulley system to lift the dome off the tool. RS-25 Engines, Stennis Space Center, Mississippi Four of these engines will make the SLS go. They can withstand temperatures from negative 423 degrees Fahrenheit, the fuel stored in the tanks, to 6,000 degrees Fahrenheit, the fuel at ignition. A contractor has updated them to produce a combined 2 million pounds of thrust at liftoff, and engineers have recently finished modeling the acoustics around the bell-shaped nozzles to ensure they can tolerate those bone-rattling vibration patterns. Intertank, Michaud Assembly Facility, Louisiana the rocket's two unprecedentedly powerful boosters attach to the intertank, the core stage's sturdiest part. It's too thick to weld together, so instead, the intertank is constructed from 7,500 bolts and eight panels, whose holes have been oh-so-carefully aligned with an assembly jig, the scaffolding, and inspected with x-rays. After it's constructed, NASA stress-tests it with more than 100 hydraulic actuators, some as heavy as cars. System Integration Test Facility, Marshall Space Flight Center. Five miles of riotous wiring connects 46 avionic boxes, which control everything from navigation to the engines. Each box is tested in thermal chambers and on very large shake tables to see how they hold up to extreme heat, cold, and vibration. Then they're all hooked together on racks, curved to mimic the rocket, to run full-launch simulations. Systems Integration Test Facility, Marshall Space Flight Center, Alabama. The outer surface of these avionics racks hosts several computers that simulate the rocket's environment on its entire trajectory, from liftoff to booster separation. Accompanied by realistic animations, the simulation feeds in flaming hot and space-cold temperatures to the sensors, delivers faux coordinates to the flight computer, and sends other flight data via five miles of cabling. Unitary Plan Wind Tunnel, Langley Research Center, Virginia. To make sure the rocket can withstand the supersonic winds of liftoff and flight, 
NASA engineers test every portion of its trajectory and wind tunnels. A three-foot steel-scale model is coated with pastel pink paint that glows intensely neon under a black light, depending on how much oxygen hits it. Oxygen is a proxy for pressure in these tests. Engineers can then determine exactly what forces the wind is exerting on the rocket and ensure that when the boosters separate from the rocket, they won't, say, whip around and hit the thing. Orion Test Capsule, Johnson Space Center, Texas. The Navy uses a test capsule to practice retrieving astronauts from the ocean after Orion splashes down. Another is undergoing structural test to see how it will fare if lightning strikes near the launch pad. NASA uses another capsule to develop procedures for emergency situations. In one, astronauts would stuff dense stowage bags around them to block intense radiation from sudden solar flares. Engine Test Fire, Stennis Space Center, Mississippi Before they're approved for flight, a test model of the RS-25 engine is bolted into a test stand at NASA Stennis and blasted for 500 seconds in a sequence identical to the launch, just with no rocket attached. The engineers watch safely from a quarter mile away, but the test fire is still a visceral experience. As Dan Adamski, the SLS program director at Aerojet Rocketdyne, a NASA contractor, puts it, that massive cloud is all water vapor. If the wind is blowing in the right direction, you will get wet. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how this family created one of the largest private wineries in the world right now. We started making wine in 1948, one bottle at a time. Today, we produce nearly 20 million cases a year. Chubb has helped us grow for the past 30 years. They helped us prevent equipment problems during harvest and provided guidance when we started exporting internationally. Now we're working with them on cybersecurity. My grandfather taught me to make a wine that over-delivers. Chubb over-delivers. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.